0: guys welcome back to the nosy af podcast my name is stephanie and this show is all about talking to people who are not like me so if you are new here i am a multidisciplinary artist and a lot of the themes of my work or a lot of the research in my work comes from looking at social class and subcultures and i thought it'd be dope to have this podcast so i could talk to people who I, who basically popped my mind during my research and share those conversations with you. I'm also learning this new audio format with podcasting, so it's just an extension of my practice to be able to learn a new medium and live it out loud while talking to rad people. So today's guest is Monica Rivera. Monica is a podcaster also. Her podcast is called You Wanna Do What? <laughs> That's a cool name, right? So, on you want to do what podcast, Monica likes to encourage people to live out their goals and dreams and then try new things. So, each week she's trying something new and telling us all about it. And I love that. And she's going to talk to us about her journey being a podcaster, what dope things she's done. And you know, she and I just have a cool brown girl kiki. And so it's going to be a good time. I'm glad you're here. Let's get into the conversation with Monica Rivera. Yeah, so your podcast is all about trying new things, right? Maybe you could tell my audience about you and why you wanted to do a podcast about trying out new things. Of course. So, Stephanie, thanks for having me so much on the show. Yeah. So I'm really
1: happy to be here. My podcast is called You Want to Do What? And I started it about a year ago. And it was really born out of the idea of working in a corporate job for a really long time and starting to feel like my clothes didn't fit anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was working for someone else and constantly kind of doing the grind. And I thought, is this really what I want to do? Like, is this how I want to spend my days? And what I noticed is that I wasn't really giving myself a lot of time to do different things. Mm -hmm. I kind of got used to this pattern of where I would just watch TV, or I'd stay really local. And I started to remember, like, when I was in my 20s, I traveled a lot more, I did a lot of different things. And I thought there has to be a bunch of people that are like me, working a job over 10 years, that kind of find themselves in a routine. Mm -hmm. And so I started to challenge myself to do new things. And so three days before I started the podcast, I signed up for a Spartan race, which is like this five mile long obstacle course race, like in the mud and up these hills. And it was it was crazy. And then three days later, I said, I think I'm also going to start a podcast, because I thought about it. And for four years, I bought a mic, I never used it. And then I figured, Why aren't I not saying anything? I keep doubting myself and kind of telling myself, nobody wants to hear from me. What am I going to talk about? But I've listened to shows for 10 years where it was just people kicking it and talking and having conversations. And so one day I decided I'm just going to try it. And I taught myself everything, how to edit, how to produce the show, creating the content, all of that. And now here I am one year later hopefully encouraging people to be more than just their day job. I think we get caught up a lot in what do you do as if that's the most important question or piece of a person. Yeah. And, and to me, my day job is such, such a small piece of who I am as Monica. So if you're going to kind of judge me based on that, then you're never really going to know who I am. And a lot of other people are like that. So if I can help people kind of get back to those things, then that's really the mission of my show.
0: Yeah, I think that's really cool because yeah, you could totally get caught up. And wait a minute, hold up! Your Spartan race—like, are you a fit person? Like, where did that come from to do the (laughs) Spartan to do the Spartan race? Because I've seen those on YouTube, and then I have a friend that's a trainer that does that. But I'm like. Mm, nah, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I will say this. So I'm thickums. I will say that. Okay. And I, but I love working out though. And so, but I also love eating chocolate. So I don't really have that marriage yet where I have like the really healthy eating <laughs> and I have the fitness. So I don't grab the kale. I don't grab the good stuff. Like some people do. I think that's amazing, but I'll grab like a Mr. Good bar. And so that's kind of like where I am. But I really do love working out. And to me, that's always been the time where it's just for myself. I listen to my music or I listen to podcasts, and it's just me and the gym at that point. So I had done like tough mutters before, and I had done like 5Ks and five mile races, but always as the person who wasn't the most fit. I'm sure a lot of times people said, Oh, look at her kind of participating in these races. But Mm. I don't really care about that. It was more always like a challenge with myself to see if I could accomplish it. And so that's just the same way that I approached Spartan. I wanted to do something that just completely shook up where I was. So Spartan was the physical component of it. And then podcasting was the mental aspect of it. And I said, if I'm going to move, then I want to shake everything up at one time. And that's what I did.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, congratulations for completing that because that's those are cool. They did that on Real Housewives.
1: (laughs) It's actually really fun. So I would encourage anyone to do it. And I just kind of want to state this because I think people do have the misconception of you have to look a certain way or be like really skinny or whatever the case is. But I did the Spartan with a left knee that aches almost all the time. I did it with an Achilles that's uh And I think the biggest thing I would tell anybody who wants to do anything like this is just run your own race. It's not about anybody else. It's just if you want to finish, then that's your only goal to finish. So like get rid of the comparisons because there's always going to be someone fast. I was up on this mountain and I'm telling you, as I'm going down, There was really nothing. I had to actually slide on my booty down this hill because that's how steep it was. But there were these guys that were running past me as if they didn't have a care in the world and they weren't going to fall. I couldn't let those people affect me. (laughs) And I just continued to slide down on my booty, getting dusty and just feeling like that's okay. That's their race. But this is my race. And my race involves sliding down on my ass.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was like a word you just gave right there because I'm like... I into it all the time like that, like quick comparison stuff. And then it's like, you know, my therapist is like, well, who are you like competing against? It's like, who's out there? You know, and it's like that is so stupid. Like it's like a quick check in.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's so easy to do that, especially like I think it really is easy to do that in anything, depending on like what field you're in or just I mean, you look at Instagram or social media and everyone's life looks so perfect and curated and you can kind of think like, wow, you know, maybe I'm not married yet or maybe I have one kid instead of four kids or I have this job instead of that job and it's like you really just have to let that go and just to me I ask the question of like what do I want my life to look like for me and what makes me happy and like that's really the only thing I can control and then when you start to feel like the pressure of other people I just close the app and I give it a break for the day
0: yeah for real because I'm like people say that kind of stuff I feel like man that's so easier said than done to be like oh don't pay attention to that and it's like all right And then you go back to paying attention to it.
1: (laughs) I actually started unfollowing like certain people, like celebrities and stuff, because I started to feel like, well, when I see this on the timeline, how am I actually feeling at the end of it? And it was just a question that I started to ask myself to be more conscious of it. And then I just started unfollowing people that I thought were maybe a little full of it, people that weren't kind of being authentic or just people that after I viewed them, I was like, "Ah, I don't really need this. And I started to do that. (laughs) So, you know, maybe I'll follow them again, but for now, so far, it's working. Yeah, that's a good idea. I
0: think, man, there's this one account that I feel like I should unfollow. But then I feel like, what if they find out I have followed them?
1: Yeah, that's always like the tough thing. Like, I actually try to do the unfollow on the sneak tip. So I find <laughs> if they have like a lot of followers, they really won't notice if yeah. you go. But yeah. that's always a danger, for sure.
0: So your podcast is all about trying new things. Mm-hmm. What has been your favorite thing that you've tried new? I think for me, it's always travel. Uh So I was actually
1: talking about this with someone earlier. So I grew up, my dad was born in Puerto Rico. My mom was born in Cuba and we didn't travel. So we would go to Florida, but if you're Latin and you live in New York, like going to Florida is like going to like your next door neighbor's house. Mm -hmm. So it really (laughs) isn't like anything. And so I knew that when I was young, I was always really curious about going other places and I would bring the idea up to them. And the first thing they would say is, that's too far. Mm. And that was cool. I mean, that's their experience. Your parents, I think, really do the best that they can. But they're also parenting from their viewpoint. Sure. So as soon as I got old enough, I started to just go out on my own and see things. At first, it was places that were close to New York. So I'd go to Boston or I'd go down to D.C. And then eventually, I actually just started to save money. And go different places. So the first trip, big trip I had taken by myself was to Arizona. And I had gone to see the Grand Canyon. And it was one of those things like you read about it. Why not go check it out? And I had taken that trip on my own. And so going back to what I originally had stated, I had started to lose a little bit of that travel bug. Mm -hmm. Not in the sense that I didn't want to go. But I think something interesting happens. When you're in a place where you feel stuck... To me, it kind of dulls all your other senses. So the things that you used to kind of get excited about, you don't find yourself getting as excited for because whatever that main thing is in your life kind of has you dimmed. Mm -hmm. And so you're not you're not pulsing at that same beat. And that was kind of what happened to me. And so travel was the first thing I started to do and reconnect with. And I made sure that every time I went someplace, it was someplace I'd never been before. And that's the way I really started to reconnect. And just one thing about travel, because I know a lot of times people hear that and they think, oh, it's really expensive to do and I have to save up for a long time. But for me, I ball on a budget. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I've gone to Egypt on a Groupon getaway. I've gone to Bali on, I think, a living social escape. And these have been nine, 10, 11 day trips, where I've maybe paid $1,000 for the entire experience. Wow. Yeah, so I am really a person who wants to see the world. But I also know that I don't have a huge budget in order to see all the places that I want to see. So how can I find alternatives in order to get there at a lower cost? So so it's out there for people. If they're interested, you just have to do a little bit of digging. But it's absolutely available to folks.
0: Yeah, especially with those Groupon getaways. Cause I feel like, I don't know, they just sort of always seem shady to me. So not, to hear like you saying that you've actually went through with it and like went mm-hmm. travel with it. I'm going to give it another look. Cause I don't know why. Yeah. I just, I'm like, this just seems too good to be true. You know, or like there's going to be some type of hidden cost in there somewhere? Yeah.
1: So I, I haven't encountered any hidden costs. I would say always look at the fine print, like with anything that you buy and look at the tour company. So Groupon will be kind of like the umbrella for it, but the tour company is the one that's actually offering the deal. So if you do a little bit of research on the tour company, that's where you'll be able to tell, okay, if people have more positive experiences than negative ones, and that's how I made my decisions. And I think I've taken three or four trips using either Groupon or Living Social, and then like really big trips to like, internationally and I haven't had a bad thing to say using them
0: and you've traveled to these places by yourself I've gone
1: some places by myself and some places with a friend it's usually cheaper if you go with someone else because they like to do that double occupancy so they kind of discriminate if you're a solo traveler so I try to convince somebody else yeah and I'm kind of persuasive so I can usually get
0: one person to come with me on the trip what's it like traveling by yourself in those spaces?
1: Actually, I'm an only child, so I don't mind it. Uh Yeah, I don't mind it. Like, I'm really comfortable, like, on my own. So I think that I would always say, like, if you've never traveled by yourself, then always go someplace like you feel more comfortable. So probably where the language is the same. If you live in a city, then probably go to a city because you'll feel more comfortable. If you live someplace more rural, then go someplace rural. So you don't feel like so much of a culture shock. Sure. But, like, also just... Give yourself an opportunity to be out and about, figure out what you want to do ahead of time so it doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm in this new place. I have no idea what I'm gonna do. Go on with the plan, but then be open to new experiences that come once you're there. And for me, that's kind of how I approached it when I went to Arizona and then later I went to California and drove up the coast. And that's just kind of how I approached it every time. And sometimes I talk to people and I meet people, and then other times I don't talk to anybody. I just chill on my own and I have as good a A time doing that as well. So I like to say I'm kind of a social introvert. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it it just it kind of works out for me that way.
0: Well, I asked that because a lot of people, they'll want to check out stuff, but maybe they're not like their social group might not want to check it out. And so then they just won't go do it. And it's like, well, you should just go by yourself. Like, I remember at my Bible studies, girls, like I would never eat at a restaurant alone. And I'm like, what? Like, I would I do that all the time, you know? Yeah, me too. Mm hmm. Just wanting to encourage people just to, it's all good to like try stuff on your own.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like one of the things that I share, so like growing up, um, my grandmother had always had this vision of going to see Spain. She had never been there, but she wanted to go visit. And she had worked and so she was, you know, born in the thirties, but was like, really progressive, had a job. She worked for the phone company for a bunch of years. So she had enough money and savings. But my grandfather was that person that was all about, nope, we're saving money. We're not gonna travel. We're not gonna do that. And so she listened. It was that error that she just didn't feel comfortable going out on her own. Yeah. And I remember she she passed away never seeing Spain. And that oh, Always made me so sad because she had the time, she had the money, but she had that one person that was just like, No, we're not gonna do it and so she never got to see it. And it's funny because at the time I didn't really think about it in that way but as i got older there was something about i kept remembering that story mm-hmm. and i think that story has fueled a lot of the way i live my life knowing that you don't have this time that's promised and that if you are lucky enough to have the money and have the time to do something don't talk yourself out of it just do it
0: yeah yeah that's really important i there was a um a girl on facebook i forget what the original topic was about but there was a chick that like replied she's like look We are not our grandmothers, okay? You know, this is a Mm -hmm. whole new day. And I'm like, that's so true. You know, I wish my grandmother could have seen a bunch of stuff too or like wanted to. But even, you know, she was alive, like trying to get her to do stuff. She'd be like, well, maybe we can go tomorrow or not right now, you know? But it's like, man, we got to like take advantage of these opportunities when we can. And that's extremely important, you know?
1: Yeah. And I see people like even our age that do that now that think like, oh, I'll do it in five years. I'll do it when I retire. And I think that in some ways I get it. But in the other way, it's like a very cavalier or like, it's weird. It's like you're expecting that you're going to have this time when you don't know that you're going to actually have this time. Yeah. So I think if we're just more mindful of that, all we really have is our immediate presence, then I think that you just move a little bit differently as a result of that.
0: Yeah, just being like more mindful in the moment, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And just more aware of time. Like they there's a reason they say that time is our most precious commodity, right? Because we can never get it back. And think about like any time you've been in a bad relationship and you think, "Oh, I can't believe I spent six months, one year, two years, three years with this person. OK, right? you're you're so aware of the time at that point. Apply that same thinking to what you want to do with your life.
0: Yeah. And that's like sort of in the Bible a little bit. Like I was like, look, if I gave you all this talent, all these resources, like you need to use it because by the time you get to me, I want you to be like spent like you've done it all. You know, exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's really inspiring, too. So so, because like your podcast is like half. This is what I did. Like half. I tried to put up drywall half. Let me inspire you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think even the drywall can like hopefully inspire people because you do have to ask for help, right? And I think one of the things about being an only child is I kind of grew up a little bit like, I got this. I'll figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. And YouTube gave me like all all sorts of DIY cover, uh, courage. I was like, I could do this. <laughs> I've seen so many videos on this. And they're all doing this drywall thing with such ease that I thought, I got this. And it was pretty early on that I realized this isn't looking like the YouTube videos that I saw. (laughs) And then ultimately, it just became a disaster. And I had to call somebody to help because the wall was so bad. It wasn't even like a little bit bad that I could get away with it and put a picture up. It was so bad. And so eventually, I had to just suck it up and ask for help.
0: Yeah, that was fun (laughs) to hear. So like for my listeners, I'm going to put that episode in the show notes. You guys had to hear Monica's experience about putting up drywall. (laughs) <laughs> because it's amazing like how youtube has like all those videos for pretty much anything and you're just like anything. it almost seems like it's like overnight it's like where did this come from like or who put this <laughs> together it's like a library of resources overnight It really is. And YouTube is a really powerful
1: source because they haven't charged us for it yet, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And there's a lot of really great content. I mean, there's a lot of crazy, unnecessary content, but there's a lot of things. Like you said, if there's anything you want to do, you can pretty much find it on YouTube. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's pretty dope. Okay. So you've been doing your podcast for about a year or you're going Mm -hmm. into two years.
1: So I will be hitting my first anniversary at the end of June.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. And because this is new for me. So, like, because right now at the time it's recording, I've been interviewing people. So I say, like, maybe it's going to be about my ninth episode. And when I hit my fifth episode, I was, like, so impressed with myself because it's like an exercise in consistency, right? Like, it's like, OK, yeah. if I can, if I can, if I can be constantly at least if I've done this like five weeks straight, what else can I do? You know? And um, yeah. And so what's your experience been like from a newbie podcaster to uh, about to hit her one year? Because <laughs> I, I launched my podcast April 19th. So, you know, next April, I pray that I'm in your shoes.
1: You will be in my shoes because we're going to speak it so that it is done. Yes, Lord. And I, <laughs> yes, exactly. And I want to congratulate you because I was the same way oh, you, you listen to those episodes. I mean, I think that any episode you put out, it's an achievement because We put work into this. And I think that people, because there's so many podcasts, I don't know if people who don't podcast really recognize the amount of work and research and attention that goes into actually creating a show. Mm -hmm. But I applaud you because five weeks is amazing. Nine episodes is amazing. And when you hit your one year... We're going to clap it up and we're going to have a little party and we're okay. going to make sure that it happens. I'm going to get
0: myself a Groupon getaway. <laughs> you have
1: to do it. Yes, you
0: should actually make that like one of your goals. Like yeah. when you hit
1: your year, that's what you'll do for yourself because it really is pretty exciting. And I think about when I hit my fifth episode and my 10th episode, and then it was 25 episodes. And I thought like, okay, I'm really doing this. And for a long time, it was just, just put out another episode. Just make sure you're consistent because if there's one person that listens to you every week, then that one person is waiting for that show and you have a responsibility to that person because I know how I feel with the podcast that I love. If they miss the week, I'm on Twitter, I'm looking for them. Oh man, where's that episode? Because I love podcasts. And so I thought about that the same way as I was approaching mine. So as I go into like the end of my first year and into my second One, I always feel very blessed. I was in this place a year ago feeling stuck and like I had no idea what I wanted to do. And now I have all these plans of things that I want to do. And to me, that's a blessing. To to me, that's God's work because it shows you what you can be if you really just put the time in and the consistency. And sometimes you don't know where your paths are leading, but just continue to work on faith. And that's what I did. And that's what I continue to do.
0: Yeah, that's so inspiring. Thanks for saying that. No, of course. Yeah, like I have an episode. It's
1: actually called um, I Want to Have Faith. And it's one of my more popular episodes. And it was really about The fact that you can't have faith and worry occupy the same place. And there was a part of this journey where I really let go of the worry and said, I'm just going to intentionally walk in faith. And every time I start to feel like the worry or the overwhelm creep in, I just remind myself of that. And it helps
0: recenter me. Ma'am, what if you like turn out to be like the next like Joyce Myers or some shit? I don't know. Like I said, if it's God's plan, then it will happen. Why do you think like people are like jumping into podcasting as a medium? Like for me, as an artist, I really wanted to have, you know, extensions around the themes that I make work in. Um, and just basically being like curious. I want to have conversations outside of that. And I thought of it through like, should I do like YouTube videos and, or, or like what type of content ended up with podcasts? But, even just seeing, so, it, like, as you know, like with the whole Spotify thing, like Spotify, uh, for listeners had this fellowship for women of color and they ended up having like 18,000 applications and it was just this whole crazy thing. And then Squarespace had a similar thing and everybody just seems to be popping up with podcasts. Like, what do you think all the, what do you think that's all about? Like everybody jumping into the podcast, podcasting space. So I think it's a couple of different
1: things. One, I think that it's a low barrier of entry. So I listened to this story from this man, and I had never heard of this podcast ever before. And it was this man who loved horses, and he had this dream of wanting to have a morning show, talk show all about horses. Now, as you can imagine, that's really niche. So when he would go and approach television shows and radio stations, they said, nah, we don't want to have three hours on horses. But this guy was really passionate about it, so he started a podcast about this. Now he has about 12 shows in his network that all focus on some aspect of horses or being outside and farming and that kind of thing. And he has a wildly successful show. Like, I think he has like a six-figure or a seven-figure show wow. based off of his love of doing this. So it's very low to initially start a podcast, which I think is one thing. And then the second thing is Whatever it is that you like to do or want to talk about, you can create a space for it. So if you think about traditional media, so if you want to write in a certain magazine or you want to be on a television show or on a movie screen – You have to fit these types, right? Like as much as we say people want originality, a lot of our television shows look the same. A lot of our radio programs follow the same formula. But with podcasting, you don't have to do that. So somebody can say, you know what, I don't want to follow an A block, a B block and kind of structure it one way. I just want to talk about what I want to talk about. Yeah. And I think that gives people a lot of freedom to express themselves in a different way, a lot of creativity. And I think that the big companies are starting to realize we have all this untapped talent that we never even thought to look at before because we've just been following these formulas for all these years. Right. And now the content creators have a little bit more power and influence when it comes to designing what other people want to hear.
0: Yeah. I think it's so cool. Like, I mean, I thought I, I listened to so many podcasts before I started podcasts. And, and similar to you, like back in the day, I had this project called So This One Guy where I talked to like women about guys that they dated. And I started that as a podcast too. And like, and then I just sort of stopped for some reason and like always have been wanting to do a podcast, but then listened to tons. And just because I'm interested in just the ways that people live their life, like, Just like that horse man, like I need to get his name because I would totally listen to how he started horses and like about this horse and about that horse just because I'm just genuinely curious. But there are so many different niche topics like you can you can hear about anybody's life or about any sort of culture, subculture, whatever. Anytime somebody else is like, I think I want to start a podcast. I'm like, you should do it. And one of the chicks that had applied for the uh, Spotify thing she said that it was like a black girl into wrestling. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, yeah, girl, you definitely need a podcast, you know? Yeah, for sure. So the guy who does
1: the horse thing, his name is Glenn the Geek. And his network is called the Horse Radio Network, I think it's called. <laughs> so like really simple, like easy to find. If you like horses, you can find it. And yeah, I've met him, like really down to earth guy. And I think he started like another show recently he's lived in Florida and he started a show with someone else who lives in Florida and she and him are sort of like an odd couple. Like he's like an older white guy, she's like a younger black woman and they travel around places in Florida together and like they have a show doing that. So it's really incredible like the amount of relationships that you can also build in the podcasting space which I think to me just seems really different than in other types of media. Um, I found the community to be really warm and inviting and so this has been like a nice space for me so people always say like oh find your tribe find your community and for a while I don't think I really had that until I got
0: into podcasting and I'm like okay
1: these are my people right here yeah
0: yeah Yeah. that's what's up so like what what do you want to do with your podcast and with all the you know you're trying new things and where do you want to go with your podcast
1: yeah so for me It's like now I started this year about really bringing other people on the show and telling their stories as well. And I try to get people who maybe are a little bit lesser known, Mm -hmm. right? So lesser known than, I guess, how we think of mainstream. Because, again, I think everybody has really incredible stories. It's just about taking the time to listen to those stories. And so I talk to people who are more than their job. So people, like I said, that I needed to hear from back then. Yeah. That just do incredible things. And they weren't born with like a bunch of money. They might have been born in some crazy situations and they found a way to do more than what their situation dictated to them. And so that's been really rewarding. And uh, I recently interviewed someone. I bought a book at the beginning of the year called The Motivation Myth. And the author of the book is a contributing editor for Inc. Magazine. And so I bought the book and I thought the book was amazing. And I said, You know what, let me just write to him and ask him if he wants to be on the show. And he said yes. And he yeah, and so episode 49 is my interview on motivation with this author and editor of this magazine on the show. Now, a lot of times people could see like, oh well, how is that still in the spirit? But When I ask myself, what do I want to do? So you want to do what? It's I want to continue to meet these people and tell their stories. So it's sort of shifted in terms of what I want for myself. It's to meet these people that I would have never thought before, Stephanie, to even ask to have a conversation with me or even thought about being in certain rooms. So it's just opened up how I see the world and just widened my view. Um, And that's that's a really really crazy kind of trippy experience sometimes when I think about it and I kind of pitch myself because I think again look at where I was a year ago and look at where I am now and if like I said if you allow yourself that space amazing things can happen so that's one of the things I want to do just continue to tell the stories of other people um, and then also continue to work with folks. So I do a little bit of consulting for newbie podcasters and people that are thinking about it. So whether it's like creating ideas and kind of trying to distill it down to one main thing or answering questions when it comes to logistics and editing, because those are all things that are really tough in the beginning, get a lot of conflicting information. So if I can share some of the stuff that I've learned to help people, I do that as well. And then I also want to start producing shows for other folks. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So I love producing in general. And I've done it a little bit for a couple of other shows, but I would love to actually help create something for someone also. So I am thinking about that in my second year. I just need to find more than 24 hours in the day and then I'll get it all done. Okay. That's (laughs) definitely, yeah, I
0: know. Like that's like step number one, right?
1: Oh, It's hard. Yeah. I wake up so early. I always woke up early, but now I'm waking up I could be a farmer. I wake up
0: so early. That's what, how real it is. How early do you wake up? I try to wake up every day at four. Oh, my God. Yeah. What time do you go to yeah. bed? 11,
1: 1130.
0: Yeah. See, like right now, <laughs> my job, like I work in TV. It's like my main gig and we're on our hiatus right now. But during the season, I get up like that. It's like I wake up at five ish. To go to the mm-hmm. gym for six, and then by the time, like, that's like a 10 hour day at the show, and mm-hmm. then after that, then I have my art practice, and like, maybe from like podcasting or whatever. And then it's like, I try to be lights out by like 11 30, 12, but then mm-hmm. I might be like catching up with like a homie on the phone, and then I might go to bed at one. Yep. It is, it's tough. So, like, on the weekends, as much as I'd be like, all right, yeah, go to the gym and then you're going to go swimming and then you're going to go here. I'm like, man, I'm going, I'm sleeping in. But even like my sleeping in time, like waking up from five, it's like, that's only getting me up at like eight o'clock. So then it's still early. But I'm like, damn, it's late in the morning.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm the same exact way. It's funny. So on the weekends, maybe I'll sleep until seven. And when I wake up at seven, I'm like, wow, I missed all those hours that I could do stuff because I'm a morning person. Yeah. So in the nighttime, that's like when I put all my tasks that are kind of like easier to accomplish. But, like, anything that requires, like, real mental uh, capabilities, I have to do in the morning. If not, it's just not going to be as good. So, editing, I try to do in the morning because that's when I'm fresher. My ears are good. Like, I'm ready to actually pay attention. If I do that in the night, I'm going to let so many things pass by. I'm not going to edit a good show. So, I have to kind of adjust according to, like, my maximum uh, efficiency. Right.
0: Right. Shout out to everybody that's working long days, man, because... Yes. You know, because you got to like make the time for like, I understand self-care and all that. You know, I saw like this dope meme that said, you know, your the life you want is in your everyday. It's like it was something like that. Like the life Mm -hmm. that you want for yourself is in your everyday routine. And I'm like, damn, that's deep.
1: It's so true. Yeah. It's like you have to ask yourself, what do you want your days to look like? Like sometimes I think that we ask ourselves like the really big questions, right? And those big questions can be really overwhelming. Like what's the meaning of my life? What am I life to be like in 10 years? And those questions are cool if you already are on a course where you feel really comfortable. But if you're in a place where you're unsure, asking those questions don't make you feel good. They actually make you feel a lot worse. Okay. So yeah, so if you break it down to like, how do I want my days to look? And that's the question that if you really think about it, if you're looking for another job and you say, how do I my days to look? And you know you don't want to be in the office for 12 hours a day, then that helps you kind of design what job you want to apply for. If you like a company that's like more team oriented, then you start to focus on that. But like sometimes it's just breaking it down to that really small question of what you want it to be like helps you kind of get to the next step.
0: Yeah, no doubt. If somebody that's listening to this, they feel stuck. they know they need to do something else, they want to shake things up, where would you suggest they start? So this sounds like a really simple answer, but
1: if you really take the time to think about it, it's the best answer anybody can give you. Okay. Write a list of five things that you want to do, and then just pick one of those things and do it. So if you're somebody who wants to write a book, And that's one of the things on your list. Then pick that thing and every day for two weeks, say, I'm going to write. Even if I only have five minutes in the day to write, you could be on the toilet with your phone and say, you know what, I don't have any other time, but right now, then write into your notepad, you write. Yeah, To see how that feels for you. Because after two weeks, you're going to kind of get an idea of, I like doing this or I don't like doing this. So sometimes it's really just about saying, I'm going to experiment with one thing. It doesn't have to be all five things. It's one thing. I'm going to see what that feels like for two weeks. And if I don't like it then I'm gonna go to the next thing on my list but you have to give yourself that opportunity to just bite off something small and then try that and see how you feel and don't feel guilty if you don't like it like think about when people want to work out Mm-hmm. you buy you get the membership you go to the gym you sign up let's say for a kickboxing class and you go to your third day of kickboxing and you're thinking to yourself i really don't like this class not that it's challenging or not that i'm sweating my ass off but really i don't like it yeah then don't you don't have to keep doing it there's so many other ways to get fit so just give yourself permission to say you know what i try kickboxing i don't like it i'm gonna try something else and so i think like when we approach it that way without making huge commitments but just like an everyday decision it's so much better and it's so much more relaxed and you don't put that pressure on yourself and to me that's the way you get unstuck
0: yeah, because just like you said, like, even when it comes to, like, that whole comparison thing, it's like you're running your own race. So it's all good. Like, you're not disappointing anybody if you decide that, you know, that you were going to become an author and you don't, like, actually like writing, you know, and you decide right, not to exactly. become an author. Like, it's all good. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to be mad.
1: <laughs> I use the gym example a lot because it was probably... Well, probably almost 10 years ago now. But when I first started to go to the gym with consistency, I started to work with a trainer. I'd never worked with a trainer before, but I was at that place where I needed to work with a trainer because I needed to like get it done. And I remember... I always wanted to work out in some little dark, dank corner of the gym. And he'd say, well, why, why do you want to work out here? And I'd tell him, well, because everyone was looking at me and I can't do things like everyone else does. And he would say, just stop for a second, look around and tell me who's looking at you. And at the time, it was still all in my head, that feeling of like, no, no, people are staring or this or that. And then you start to realize everybody else is running their own race too. And they're not looking at you just the way you're not really looking at them. You're kind of focused on yourself. Yeah. And so once I started to actually take myself out of it and a little bit of that ego and look around and say well no one in the gym is actually staring at me and everyone is just kind of working out or if anything they're staring at their phone more than anything else they're staring at me that just kind of gave me that freedom to say you know what I'm here to do what I have to do and I think it's the same principle that applies to your life you're here to do what you have to do
0: yeah Yeah. Even that example reminded me of, I remember when I like went to Mexico with my girls, I was like real self-conscious about being like in Mexico, like on the beach in a swimsuit. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, when I got out there, I'm like, nobody's even looking at me or thinking about me. Or like if people were talking about me, it's not like nobody's like coming up to me. Or not if people were talking about me, but like people would come up and just be like, oh, hey, like, what are you drinking? Or like, where are you from? Like, they were just talking. Like, wasn't nobody trying to clown me or nothing? I Mm -hmm. was like, this is all in your head. Like, nobody's... Thinking anything crazy. And, like, after I knew it, I was, like, running around, like, on the resort. My girls, like, in my straight swimsuit <laughs> just, like, kicking it, yep. you know. And it's, like, it's so good to just, like, get out of your head or just, like, embrace, like, those fears or, you know, just hard- just do it. Yeah, 100%. I say the
1: same thing, like when on vacation, just ask yourself, am I ever going to see any of these people again? Like the chances that you're going to see any of those people on the resort in Mexico are so slim. Yeah. So just enjoy your time while you're there.
0: Yeah. And then I still took the same idea to my homegirl's birthday party. That was a swimming pool. And I'm like, oh, dang, now I got to be in a swimsuit in front of people I really know. But they didn't even care. Like, wasn't <laughs> nobody saying nothing? Like, if people were like, oh, that's a cute swimsuit. And I'm like, what was I tripping about? Like, these are my friends. Like, that's not even fair for me to even think that, you know? Like, right. Like nobody's. It's just the about
1: stuff it. in our own head, yep. and it
0: really is. Like once we can kind of like
1: recognize that that's what it is, it does become easier to move past it. But I'm not going to front. Like I still have those thoughts of like comparison. But I will say this: they happen so much less frequently than they ever did before. Yeah, and that's really about just putting it into practice. Because if I stop and think about this podcast and compare myself to someone who puts their stats up on a Facebook group and says, "Oh wow, my first episode did twenty thousand downloads. Is that good?" it's like stop you know that that's good yeah so I can't you know what I mean you can't compare yourself to that you just congratulate that person there's enough blessings for everybody and you just kind of keep it moving yeah you're a preacher (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you're sweet
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) cool I'm so glad that you came to talk to me like where could everybody like check you out I'll put everything in the show notes but they want to hear from you where can they find you okay well, every Wednesday my show comes out. It's called You Want to Do What.
1: And you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want to just reach out to me and kick it or talk or whatever, my email is monica at com. And on the gram, Facebook, it's all You Want to Do What. So the branding's the same. But honestly, I encourage you to reach out. I love having conversations with people. If there's any way that I can help you or your listeners, let me know. And I'm happy to make myself available to you.
0: Oh, that's really dope. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Hey, how cool is Monica? Did you guys listen to the whole episode? Are you still with me? (laughs) Listen, I'm so thankful that you were here listening, participating in our conversation, in the conversation, because you were a part of it, too. I would love to hear your favorite parts parts you didn't like your thoughts on the whole show all that kind of stuff you can either hit me up directly through instagram message you could email me all that information is in the show notes at nosyaf.com y'all i'm headed to los angeles to kick it with my family for a few days for the holiday i am stoked about that i love la have you been to la do i have listeners in la oh wait i do i have Ife, what's up, girl? Ife of Collective Voices, which is an ethnographic film festival. Very cool. I'm going to put all that kind of stuff in the show notes because you guys should check Ife out as well. And I don't know. Do you guys want to have a podcast? Tell me. Talk to me. I am so thankful. And I'm also really thankful to be out of town. (laughs) But, yo, if you know where I stay and you're thinking about trying to come through and, like, go through my things and whatnot you could try to pull it if you want to but i'll have something for you you know what that was unnecessary i really shouldn't be threatening my guests (laughs) i'm just playing y'all but for real though don't don't be trying to you know what this world is crazy right now anyway all right let's just love each other okay so if you gotta find a way to come through my crib and get in there then that's on you you know okay well listen i'm rambling and i've had your attention long enough so thank you so much for being here and uh, i'll see you next week peace